I'm redoing the whole thing now. <laughs> I'm right. so sorry, guys. You just start a new tradition. Just each, each show, just throw some random noise in there. See maybe. See who catches it. Well, yeah. I mean, last, like I said, last week it was those chirping Cricket. crickets. We have, like, the cheesiest sound effects. Like, this one is... Yeah, this one's like the chirping crickets. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Okay, let's actually do this for real. I'm sorry, guys. This never happens. That's a lie. It absolutely doesn't. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for listening to Live It with Jake Sullivan. I just want to take a minute and um, ask you guys if you have been enjoying the show, if you guys have been liking what you've been hearing, if you want to hear from certain guests or hear certain topics discussed, um, please leave us a comment and then also leave us a five-star review. It really does help um, the process of the podcast. Um and we really do appreciate your feedback. So please take the time to do that. It, uh, we really appreciate it. We love you guys, and thanks for listening. Jake, you know Wikipedia is not a very trustworthy source. <laughs> if you're bringing Brad Davison onto your show, it has everything you'd ever want to know about him. On Wikipedia. Can you attest to that, Brad? I'm going to be honest. I've never looked at my own Wikipedia, <laughs> so I don't know what to say. Okay. Well, um, we're looking at it right now, and it doesn't really have a whole lot. I knew, like most, it says, I knew most of the he was stuff a guy, already about him. He plays sports. He's got some nice hair. A limited hair. Wikipedia is probably not a bad thing. It no, has it has I'm the longest kidding. write up of anyone's high school career I've ever seen on Wikipedia. So wow. you were obviously famous before you ever got the glory to glory days. Well, hey, we're yeah, excited to it. to have our our guest on this new series. So we're going to start this new series called Our Talent His Glory. And and God has given each of us different gifts, talents, passions that are ultimately can be either used for our glory or for his glory. And and we're going to bring on different guests onto the show and and talk about like how do they use their different gifts and talents for his glory, and yeah. and, and kind of know their story. So we've got Brad Davison, yes, uh, Ma- from go. Maple Grove, originally from Maple Grove, went to Maple Grove High School, uh, plays at the University of Wisconsin. Uh, I, I want to share a story though before we jump in with Brad about how I first met him. Um, so we're at this NY2LA basketball tournament, and and this will be good for you, Sam, because I've never probably like how do you know this guy. And we're no, at this, this NY2LA. For, for those of you guys who are listening, Sam this is the no first basketball. time I've I've met Brad. Like, <laughs> he just walked into the studio like, hey, we're recording an episode. I'm like, great, let's do it. And, so, and Sam's yeah. not a basketball guy. This is all new information this to me. And no, I'm terrible. I can't throw a three-point for the life of me. Yes, we saw you hoop one time. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was it not good. No. So so I'm at, at this basketball tournament in Milwaukee, and I played for Howard Pulley. Uh, the Nike-sponsored um, AAU basketball program here in Minnesota and uh, growing up. So Howard Pulley was playing, and I think they were on, like, court two. And so I get a seat in the bleachers to see who they got. And I, I see this, like, one white kid who just had an incredible passion for competing and playing. He was communicating. He was vocal. He was playing hard. And I'm like, who is this guy? And I'm asking people around in the stands, like, who is this guy? And they're like, Brad Davison, Brad Davison. I'm like, well, that means nothing to me. So I stalked him. I went out after his game. He's out in the lobby. It's going to mean something real fast, and, I'll tell you that. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, I just want, I want to meet him. I haven't seen 
you know, and I, I've been in the youth basketball world for almost 18 years now, and I have seen very few young people who play with a passion. Mm-hmm. And, it, and, and that drew me in, just the passion that you competed with. And so Brad and I have gotten to know each other over the course of the last really five or six years from that one moment in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and just following his career at the University of Wisconsin. The thing I love most about him is he loves Jesus. Mm. And so we're, we're excited to have you, Brad. Um, appreciate you excited coming out. Excited to be here. Let's, Let's go. Hanging out with us. So I think the best place to start uh, is we have a lot of athletes that listen, obviously, to this podcast. And, and do? being able to point. Um, I guess we do. Sam, we do. That's awesome. Praise God. You think we have all worship people? <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah, so especially a lot of our old Kingdom Hoops athletes that I got to work with down in Iowa and just pointing people to Christ. So share with us your testimony. Let's just start there. Like, yeah, for sure. Um, we'll talk about your sports group. Share with us your testimony, how you came to know Christ and, and, and the impacts you had in your life. Let's do it. For sure. From a young age, I have two older sisters who actually both played basketball at Northern Iowa. So they are four and six years older than me. So growing up, I just wanted to do everything that they did. They were my role models. Um, they were my inspirations um, and everything, in sports, in school, in life. And so actually when they went to college at Northern Iowa to play basketball, they got very heavily involved in their FCA or their Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Um, and so then as they got more and more involved and started to develop their own relationship with Christ, they used to send me little seeds and little nuggets. Maybe it was like worship songs. There you go, Sam. Lots of worship mm-hmm. songs, mm-hmm. scriptures, verses, books that I should read. Um, and all these seeds kind of just built up my heart to where I wanted to check out what this faith thing was, what this relationship was for myself. Because, um, you know, I saw the lives of my sisters transforming and I wanted to be just like yeah. my sisters at the time. Um, mm. So they were always on me to kind of take a leap of faith um, and kind of search and seek this relationship for myself. And so when I was a sophomore, I went on a service trip to Jamaica. So at Maple Grove, we had this thing called Crimson Gold Service Trips each spring break. Um, so we went to Jamaica my sophomore year. And we went to Jamaica. We were there for 10 days. And six of them, we were in s- schools and with like three to five-year-olds. And so you walk into this school uh, onto their little campus. And from the moment you step on, on foot there, you have one kid on your left ankle, one kid on your right, one kid yeah. around yeah. your neck. They just loved you unconditionally. Mm. Um, and I say this to this day, that was the first time that I really experienced a love similar to the way God loves us mm. with no condition. They had no idea who I was, what sports I played, how many points I scored. There was no strings attached to this kind of love. Um, and it was very similar to the love that my sisters were trying to explain to me yeah. about this love that recklessly pursues us, that is lavished on us, and that is you know never ending and greater than we can imagine. Um, and so I came back from that trip and talked to my sisters a lot about it, and I just had the kind of this fire in my heart to share about that about that experience, about this love that I, um, you know, I kind of first hmm. felt there. Because being an athlete, especially in high school, it's really easy to be f- consumed with conditional love. Whether yeah. it was basketball, football, school, you kind of ride the roller coaster of the yeah. highs and lows of performance. Um, that's something that I struggled with. So. Mm. Then throughout high school, I came back and I had a lot of really cool opportunities through FCA to kind of share that testimony at the time of what I experienced on this service trip. But it actually wasn't until my senior year, um, it was kind of I had the opportunity to share our going away speech at our FCA at Maple Grove. And I realized that I was kind of using my, for those two years, I was kind of using my platform to share my sister's faith in a lot of Hmm. ways. Because every time I got the opportunity to go speak at a luncheon or a benefit dinner, I'd call my sisters the night before, a couple of days before, I'd be like, all right, 
what do I say? <laughs> what scripture huh. do I use? Is there a good parable? Like, help me out here. Um, and so it wasn't the night. I still remember the night. My sister was like, Brad, do you want to say, like, what's from your heart or what's from mine? Like, do mm. you understand what you're saying? Or yeah. are you just confiding in me to then kind of spread my faith to people? Like, I want this for you. And so it was that night my senior where I gave my life to Christ wow. and accepted him into my life because um, I wanted to pursue a relationship for me that was yeah. individualized and personalized. Um, so, yeah, senior of high school, and that's been my foundation here into college. Well, and, and it's an amazing story, really awesome. too, right, is is for you guys that, that maybe don't know Brad as well. I mean, what were you, Metro Player of the Year, starting quarterback at Maple Grove, 27-7 mm-hmm. record, could have probably went and played college football. Um Maybe, yes, possibly, yes. Yes. Who knows? Maybe fifth year. Fifth year. <laughs> <laughs> so elite, elite football player, um, elite basketball player, Mr. Basketball finalist, the whole deal. Maple Grove got the state championship game your senior year, lost to Apple Valley. In a, in final a close, four, final four. Final four, so you guys lost in the semifinals. Yep. <gasps> so you have this, this prestigious career you know, and through, throughout high school, but yet in the midst of it, Christ was drawing you in. Oh, 100%. He was molding me and shaping me. And something that we talk about now is like this, you know, he's the refiner, like refining you um, mm-hmm. through the hills and valleys and the ups and downs of the experience. And yeah. I think probably even more so in kind of the low moments where you learn a lot about yourself. Um, but I'll tell you what, the one thing my high school career showed me is how dangerous it is, is to put your foundation in sports mm. or to put your foundation in performance and find your identity in it because it's so fleeting um, and it's a great way to lose perspective that ultimately kind of ruins your peace and takes away your joy if performance is the only thing that you hang your hat on and yeah. that you rely on. But how, how did you come to that reality? Because you were performing at such a high level. Mm-hmm. Right? You're, a, you're a top 100 college basketball recruit. You're an elite football player. You're big man on campus. And, and most athletes don't even have a desire to, to go and serve or to go mm-hmm. and speak. It's just like, I'm going to perform, perform, perform. So how, how did God work in that? Or what were, what were some of the, the, maybe the low points for you where you realized, okay, this is all fleeting? I'll tell you what, it was just never enough. Um, you know, mm. being a competitor, you always want more. You, you score 30, you want 40. You th- have four touchdowns, you want five. You get to this, set, win a section championship, you want another one. It was kind of this thing that no matter mm. how well you performed or how much success you had, you know, you were kind of never satisfied with it. Yeah. Um, and so I, I wanted something bigger. I wanted to serve yeah. a greater purpose. I wanted to um, use my sports for something greater than just wins and losses. So at the end of the day, yeah, your name's in the record book, yeah. but what is the legacy that you left yeah. where you were at? Um, so right. I think just it showed me it was fleeting just because I always wanted more. Yeah. Um, and if I didn't win, I was in a rut. I was in a rut, and I needed something that could, um, you know, be a constant to be a contentment for me. Yeah. That's uh, so good. But yeah. with that, talk about, though, the platform that sports provided you. Oh, incredible. Um, you know, when you put a lot of time into something and you try to utilize your gifts um, in the best way possible and become successful, you know, sports is a huge in our society today. You just even tell it kind of in this quarantine time, I oh, feel yeah. lost sometimes. Like, what do I watch <laughs> on TV? What day of the week it is? We don't have games on Wednesday nights. All right. this sort of thing. Um, but, you know, people are drawn to it. You know, they're entertained by it. They love to to watch. You know, I think it becomes an idol sometimes in our life for players and fans. Yeah. Um, but it created a lot of opportunities through FCA. I got to speak at a rise with the guys a couple times here at Grace Church, which was super cool. That's got to awesome. Travel around to different high schools in the FCA area, um, volunteer at youth camps, 
Um, got to share my testimony via podcasts and Zoom calls. Now it's Zoom calls, but back then it was, you know, Skype and all the yeah. other streams we had. But just opened up a lot yeah. of doors for me to share, um, you know, my testimony, ultimately share the gospel, which was a super cool opportunity that I didn't even have it all figured out at that time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it was definitely, again, those refining moments that right. have, you know, right. made me who I am today. Right. And that's such a cool thing. Like, one thing that I w- that just kind of came to mind um, when you were talking about that is just that that um, that verse in Psalms, I will fear no evil for my God is with me, your rod and staff, they comfort me. Um and just the idea of the rod and the staff, because if, if if the Lord is our shepherd and we are his sheep, the the rod he uses to lead us and to guide us and to point us in the right direction, refine us mm-hmm. like that refining fire and the and and is and the staff is used to like, you know, yank us off the off like the edge of a cliff if we're, right. you know, gonna fall or, you know, he's protecting us. He's always watching and making sure we're not going to, you know, fall into, you know, pits of despair. Um, and he's there to ca- uh, catch us. And I just kind of thought of that as you were sharing that, just the Lord refining you. I think that's such a cool thing to think about. Yeah, in the high points, but also oh, yeah. in the shadows of death of what exactly. it says in Psalm 23, like in those low moments, but also on the mountaintop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. God doesn't waste a season of our life. Absolutely. So, for sure. Well, yeah. What drove you, even before, I think there's so many athletes that don't walk through the door that the Lord is providing. Mm-hmm. Right, like you, you have opportunity after opportunity. And I think back to when I played at Iowa State, how many of my teammates would sneak out the back door so they didn't have to sign autographs after the game, <laughs> right? And and you, even before you knew Christ, and and God was doing something in you, obviously, but you were walking through doors of opportunity that were outside necessarily the realm of sports, right? So speaking opportunities, um, service trips to Jamaica. Uh, you were a huge part in the leadership of FCA at Maple Grove and saw that thing grow. And then as you came to Christ, obviously using that platform, but what what kind of stirred inside you to say, I'm not just going to be an athlete, but I'm going to be an athlete that impacts other people. And then how have you seen that impact for Christ as you've gone in at, to the University of Wisconsin? Yeah, you know, we talk about servant leadership. It's something that my dad talks about a lot. But also, I got to witness my sisters do a lot. So it kind of mm. goes back to my sister yeah. again of having having the ability to witness and walk besides and just, you know, see with my own eyes how they carried themselves. Um, I always try to surround myself with people's people or leaders, leaders who ultimately, um, you know, there's a great quote that, you know, a true leader is someone who draws people to the true leader in Jesus. Yeah. And I think some of the best ways for us to do that is to lead by example and lead with a servant heart through right. servant leadership. Yeah. So I grew up watching my parents do it, watching my sisters do it. And so I didn't really know anything different at the time. Mm-hmm. Is mm-hmm. I just wanted, you know, every single person you meet, it's an opportunity to love on them right. and yeah. to serve them. And, yeah. you know, there's a big thing that we talk about now is like be a giver more than a taker yeah. um, and serve more than you you know, you asked for. So that's something that we've always talked about ever since I was a little kid, and I got to witness my sisters do that from a young age. That is so cool, yeah, because there's so many. And that's why I always challenge my own kids, uh, just in the realm of sports, but even though even my one daughter who plays no sports is God opens up doors, but it's our responsibility to walk through them. Mm-hmm. And and we so often we're like, God, open this door, open this door. And he's like, I've opened 100 doors for you. You're not walking through those doors. And one of the things I've always admired about you is you always walk through the doors of opportunity, even to come on our podcast. Like, <laughs> yes, I, I'll do it. Yeah, and you just you, like, yes, to whatever door that the Lord ha- happens mm-hmm. to open for you is so mm-hmm. cool. So, so talk about the doors that have been opened at the University of Wisconsin. You're, uh, mm-hmm. you know, you're all, I think you're all Big Ten freshman player your freshman year. 
you're one of the best players in the Big Ten, you're one of the best players at the University of Wisconsin, but yet you continue to serve outside of the realm of just your basketball team. So talk about just how you're serving the Lord on your college campus yeah. right now. Yeah, there's so many opportunities, especially at Wisconsin. You know, Badger Nation is avid. They're huge supporters of everything that we do, and there's so many opportunities. So I'm involved in the AIA leadership team, so we do a lot of different events with, you know, FCA and Athletes in Action high schools around um, you know, around the area that I get to go travel to their high schools. And whether you know, it's talk at their FCA luncheons or their benefit dinners, I got to do a lot of like breakfast of champions, that type of things in Wisconsin. So a lot of those doors have been opened. Um, also just, there's a lot of high school coaches that come to our practices who then ask, you know, can you zoom call or FaceTime with our team? Can our teams come in and have them talk to you? Um, so I, I think that's awesome. You know, yeah, I love, yeah. there's a sense of like obedience to the mm. op- walking through the open doors that, mm. um, you know, I always try to be mindful of and, and keep and, my eyes open to. And you, but you don't just walk through the open doors. Like you do it with such a spirit of excellence, mm. like everything. So I, I've known Brad now for about probably five or six years, but everything you do, you do it with a spirit of excellence. Mm. Where does that come from? A sense of purpose. You know, I think it's one thing that I think when I think of sport, you know, I think a lot of people think of sport as an opportunity to prove themselves or to prove others wrong or to perform as well as they can. But when you accept Jesus into your life, like for me, it flips sport and it flips everything into an opportunity to worship, mm. an opportunity to be a light. In, and it just allows you to fix your focus on something bigger than just the present moment of what you're doing. Yeah. So, you know, you're, yeah. not, you're not just talking to a team. You know, we're not just doing a podcast. We're not just in the gym working out. Like, this is an opportunity mm. for us to be a light, to love on others, mm-hmm. and also to worship our creator, the Lord, right. which is such a unique privilege yeah. that is open to all of us right. that these doors, like, he wants to give us. He wants mm-hmm. us to be obedient to him. And so I think, in my mind, I think the more we walk through him, the more doors that'll be there. Yeah. So trying to go out with a spirit of faith, a spirit of excellence, never with a spirit of fear. We don't have that. Yeah. And right. just, you know, being obedient to the calls that are there and making the most of them. And I think it's really easy yeah. right now to kind of dwell on the moments that we're missing out on. But I just kind of had this spirit of excellence to, like, well, let's maximize right. these moments. Let's maximize the time that we have. And one of the ways that I like, um, just with like uh, my worship team, and we were talking about this uh, with one of our previous episodes with Zane Black, um, just as God is such a wonderful creator. And he, and he created the universe. He created our world and us to display his glory and to, and to really magnify himself and his beauty. Um, we would be doing a disservice to what the Lord has done by by not wanting to point back to Him through creativity. Mm-hmm. And I think that like striving for excellence is different from striving perf- for perfection because we are sinful. Mm-hmm. We we will never be perfect, but to strive for excellence um, in in a godly sense means to want to point things back to Christ, knowing that He'll get the glory, whatever the outcome. And I think that that's just such a cool thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, well, and, and let's talk about that from a perspective of trials and difficulties. Yeah. So we'll get into the meat of this. And, <laughs> and Brad's got lots of social media followers, right? Probably Whether I like sweet. it or not. Probably one of the most in all of the Big Ten. And, and here is why, because he's walked through incredible difficulty and trial during his time at Wisconsin. And, mm. and as I think about Brad's just own journey as I've watched him as a college athlete, where James 1-2 just really 
comes into effect as we think about Brad's career. It says, count it all joy, my brothers, when you, you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Mm-hmm. And God has brought Brad through the fire. So as a great competitor, there are times where you are competing, and it may look like something happened on video. Like I accidentally hit the guy in the wrong area. I accidentally tripped a guy. Um, and, and at the end of the day, you're competing, but with cameras everywhere and Brad's nature as a competitor. I mean, he took five charges in one game. And for you guys that aren't basketball players, no one takes five charges in a game, let, let <laughs> wow. alone a guard. And that kind of gave him this pedestal where everybody talked about, and then he got labeled a flopper. So instead of getting labeled, hey, I'm a great competitor and, and I play with great passion and leadership, he's a flopper. And then that led to he's a cheap player. And then the mm. media just took off on it. Social media took off on it. Video cameras everywhere trying to find everything that you do wrong. How has that grown your relationship with Christ? One, as you've walked through the fire of criticism and, and really what I have almost persecution to a standpoint, how has that grown your relationship with Christ? And then how has he sustained you through that? Yeah, good question. And it's been mm. a battle. It's something that, again, we talk about those kind of refining moments in so many ways. Um, but I'll tell you one thing about the social media presence, the, the searching for, uh, you know, kind of whatever I'm doing wrong, the labeling. It took away a lot of different idols in my life that as an athlete, it's very easy to hold on to. You know, your, your reputation, what people think about you, a sense of approval. Um, you know, the first that I meditate on a lot is Galatians 1.10. If I'm searching for the approval of a man, am I really a servant of Christ? So mm-hmm. I know that through that experience I learned is that I cannot pr- try to perform. I cannot try to work hard. I cannot do all these things to just try to win the approval of man. Because, again, mm. that's one thing that's fleeting. And also, ultimately, it's as real as I make it. Um, you know, that kind of one thing that I heard a lot during that time is, well, Brad, perception becomes reality. And it's like, yeah, in the world, you can say that quote. But ultimately, you know, I know who truth is and I know what truth is. Yeah. And that's the only reality that I live my life Amen. By. Truth is a person. The way is a person and peace is a person. Um, and that's Jesus. And so that's going through that experience. And for me, kind of that shadow of death for times, mm. there was a lot of dark times, you know, for myself and for my family where my foundations were shaken. We were talking about the Psalm last week, you know, is when, when the foundation, when your foundation, when the righteous man's foundations are shaken, what will the righteous do? And then God examines those times and he refines you during those times. Um, and so it learned for, what I learned through that is that I could not put my sense of worth or sense of value or identity in what other people or social media said about me. Mm. Because ultimately, um, I was going to leave dissatisfied because no yeah. matter what you do, you're either the, the hero or you're the goat, yeah. the scapegoat, yeah. not the greatest of all time, the high or the low. Um, so realizing that I couldn't put my sense of worth or identity in that. Well, and it was it was an amazing time. So I remember after the five charge game, and then I think the next I don't remember what the next incident they they claimed it was, but I went to ESPN two oh six on my direct TV. Mm. Brad Davison was being talked about. I went to two oh seven, one of the talk shows, another ESPN channel, Brad Davison. Went to two oh nine ESPN two, Brad Davison. I went to all my Twitter feeds, thousands of comments, and everybody's <laughs> talking. Did it shake your faith? Right, like now you're on the other side of it, and we know that 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 your foundation mm. was your faith. But in those moments where everyone is coming in at you, you know, I think about there's persecution all over. I think about John the Baptist and and Peter and and I, as a student ministry, we're going through the life of Stephen and Acts, mm. 
where, where they have lost their life through persecution, but at times where your faith gets shaken. Was your faith shaken at all during that time, or do you just like, I'm on this solid foundation, there's no shaking my faith? I was shaken all the time, and from so many different angles. I mean, I think there's a difference between being shaken and being completely fall off. I never fell off. You know, I knew that, um, that my foundation was a rock, and even though it may sway, it may tumble, I stayed upright. Um, but because I'll tell you the one thing that I think it really did is, you know, when you have that kind of persecution coming from all angles, it really made me tighten my circle with hmm. people who, you know, knew the real me and knew the identity that, say, that saw me in the same identity that God does, you know, yeah. as a son and daughter. And I, it really kind of tightened my circle and showed me who was really with me for the right reasons, if that mm, makes sense, yeah. um, who was there to support me, to comfort me. And it says, for those who mourn, God will comfort. We talked about the, what a blessed man looks like biblically. Yeah. I've found comfort in so many incredible people around me. Um, right. So in, what I would say of what it taught me with my faith is that, yeah, yeah, God comforts us. He upholds us. He makes us righteous. He makes us stand steadfast. But he does that with people around us, with the right people around mm. us. And yeah. so my eyes and my heart was really enlightened and open to that about who was there for me during those times and who I felt support with from, who I felt comfort from, um, which ultimately strengthened my faith because I realized that we're not in this thing alone. Yeah, you know, he right. created Adam yeah. and he created Eve. He didn't just <laughs> yeah. create one man and say, go, face the temptations, right. face the trials of this life. No, he gave us people to surround ourselves with. Um, mm. And so, yeah, I was shaken. I was shaken up. There was a lot of nights where I cried myself to sleep. I mm. couldn't go on my phone for weeks at a time because it wouldn't stop buzzing. Uh, you know, yeah. of good things, of bad <laughs> things, of all of the, I didn't even read all of them because I couldn't. Um, and, you know, I think a lot of it, what really shook it too is, you know, my mom had to read it, my grandma, yeah. my friends, you know, they faced it too. And it was to this thing where, man, it's out of my control. But being able to lay back on the foundation of that, you know, all things work to the good, according to those who Amen. love him and are called according to his purpose, was big for me. Yeah. Yeah. You know, to humble yourself and to realize that in due time, God will exalt you. You can cast your anxieties on him. So there's a lot of truths that I was able to fall back on, that even though mm. I was being shaken, you know, I could still stand tall and remain firm. Yeah, and, we, and we've talked about that a lot. We did a, a coronavirus kind of series on the podcast and just talked about, like, emotions are real. Right? Anxiety or depression or fear. Like those are real emotions, dismay, sadness. But in those times, we can't lean in on the emotions. We lean in on the promises of God. Mm-hmm. So that's really what you did through that season. Yeah, it's right. like you can be, right. you know, one thing that I hear a lot about right now, we need to be more familiar with feelings of faith than the feelings of fear. Mm-hmm. And so you can either listen to kind of the, the worldly wisdom of what everyone thinks is right and all these truths and kind of perception. Or you can, you know, turn to word wisdom is what I like to tell. We call, we call it kingdom talk yeah. about yeah. real truths and real yeah. promises of what actually, you know, builds you up and make you overflow with the spirit. And so, yeah, it forced me to really rely on those truths and rely on those promises because I didn't really have anything else to rely on at the yeah. time. And, you know, I think as I went through high school, you know, even though the trials that you faced, it was nothing like college. Yeah. I didn't have to rely on truth. Yeah. I could rely on certain people. There was times where I was like, ooh. No, the only thing that's holding me up right now is the Word of God. Yeah. I think sometimes we need to walk through the, sh- the shadow of death or the valleys <laughs> to truly yeah. realize that. Oh, um, yeah. So people always yeah. ask me if I would change anything about my college career. Absolutely not. Yeah. Mm. Absolutely not. I love it. I love it right. because of ultimately I know that right. it's 
forming me and shaping me and refining me more into a reflection of Christ that I'm called to be. Yeah, and well, you really can't truly trust in the Lord and know what it means to trust in the Lord until all the things that like your confidence and your foundation is built on are just crumbled around you. And mm-hmm. then all you have left is God. All you mm-hmm. have left is God standing in the midst of it. Yeah. And then like, like that's truly when you're like, all right, well, I'm going to place my trust in you. And then the Lord shows you what he means by that. I think that that's such, that's so cool. Yeah. That's such an amazing thing. Yeah. And in, in the midst of all that too, Brad, like, one of the things that I'm drawn to is your passion. Yeah. I'm drawn to passionate people. I did a devotional the other day online where I think God's drawn to passionate people, mm-hmm. right? And and I think e- even as Saul was persecuting the church, there was great zeal and passion about what he believed. Right. And I think God saw that. It was misplaced zeal and passion, but God saw that and knew the power it could have for the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. Like Moses, when he killed the Egyptian who was beating the fellow Israelite, it, right when he when he came out of Pharaoh's house, that, that it was misplaced zeal and passion, but there was zeal, there was passion for the even the things of the Lord, and and so talk to me about how you manage that tension, right? Your the thing that drew me to you was your commitment to excellence and the passion that you played with. The thing that has gotten you in the most trouble <laughs> is probably the passion that you play with, and I think in Romans twelve eleven it says, "Do not be slothful in your zeal." Be fervent of spirit, serve the Lord. And I think Christians sometimes get mixed, get that whole idea mixed up. Like, well, I got to be this nice, reserved, inward, right? Like, I can't be a passionate, emotional individual or, mm-hmm. or, or player, or whatever that. So what is your, what is that tension, right? Like, you've lost this reputation of this good, wholesome, <laughs> great kid from middle class Maple Grove, Minnesota, Right, and now you're it, nationally you're seen as this passionate, right? Do whatever it call, takes to win, type of kid. Like, how do you how do you fight that tension right there of not losing what makes you great? Yeah, you know that's a great question and something that you got to think about a lot. I, especially during that time, I had a lot of different conversations with people that were like, just tone it back a little bit, just, just <laughs> yes. bring it in, bring oh, it in. Like, just don't like don't mm. do that going around screens. Like, don't. Just be mindful. It's like, no, <laughs> because what yeah. that does is it puts chains back on you. <laughs> what I when I think of a lot of people go out and play sports with these chains, the chains of approval, the chains of not trying to mess up, the chains of not being good enough, the chains of trying to do all these different things. And as Christians, like that's what Jesus does is he breaks those chains and gives mm-hmm. us a sense of freedom mm. to go at right. with whatever we do with passion, as if right. we're doing it for the glory of the Lord. So and well, God is passion. Man, he is passionate. Like he is. So I would be doing a disservice to myself, to my teammates, to my to our fan base, to my family, to everyone that, you know, takes pride in who I am and what I'm about is if I hone it back, if mm-hmm. I hold myself and ultimately I'm just a disservice and I'm limiting what God can do through me if I lose passion. And yeah. I think that's what the devil tries to do. The devil can't make us do anything, but he can put a belief in our heart or a weed in our heart that makes us do something. That makes us take passion out of what we're d- going about. Right. Um, and so just like people can plant seeds in our life, people can plant, the devil can plant weeds in our life. So yeah. I will never lose the passion, right. the way I play the game, the way I approach relationships, no matter what we're doing. Because as we said before, like those chains are broken, and now we can just worship the Lord with all that we do. Mm-hmm. And so if we were to allow this belief that what we're doing is not right because of what other people say, 
man, we're putting the limit on what God can do in our life. So that's the way I think about it. How how has He refined it in your life, right? Like, and because I've walked through a lot of this similar journey, you're, you're too emotional, mm-hmm. you're too passionate, you talk too fast, you're too excited, right? And and I wear emotions on my sleeve, and I think we see that um, from the Apostle Peter. Mm. I think that was one of the things I drew Jesus to. He was, he was emotional. He was the first one to speak. He was the first one to jump out of the boat and try to walk on water. Mm-hmm. Right? He's, the, he, he's the first one to deny Christ when it got hard. Right? That mm-hmm. Being so dictated by your emotions can also be a negative effect, but yet not losing passion. So how have you managed all that? Or how has God refined you in that place? Yeah. Um, you know, what I think is it's, it's, it's a lot about not necessarily what your passion is, but where you're planted in and what mm, you're rooted so in. Good. And so we're like, we just went through an athletes in action, a story in first Kings chapter 18 um, about how Elijah comes back to Israel when the famine comes and uh, King Ahab and Jezebel are worshiping Baal and they're trying to kill all the believers of God. Mm. And so there's kind of this big ultimatum, this showdown between, all right, let's see who sends fire Baal or God. Yeah. Mm. And ultimately the followers of Baal are super passionate and they're crying aloud they're cutting themselves. They're worshiping ball. Super passionate. Passion's good, but it's rooted in the wrong thing. Yes, the so foundation good. is not what it's supposed to be. Right. So then fire doesn't come. What to yeah. do? Fire doesn't come from ball. And then Elijah has this opportunity where he's passionate. You know, he prays fervently for God to come. And he comes down in a consuming fire because mm. he was rooted and planted in the foundation of God. Well, Christ mm. not with God at that time. And so how I would say is refined me is it's real in that like passions are good. Passions are great, but it's got to be coming from the right place. Mm. It's got to be rooted in a foundation in a rock foundation that ultimately is not driven by your own selfish desires. Yeah. Cause that's the world. I think so do not conform mm. to the patterns of this world. It's like, do not conform to selfish desires. You know, it's like, come on, do what's best for yourself. Like, no, right. that's yeah. not, that's not, that's not the I mantra I live my life by. That's not the mantra I think Christians should live their life by. It's like, yeah. do what's best for the church. Do what's best for the body of Christ. Do what's best that gives you and refines you to become that reflection of Christ. Yeah. So I think the way he's refined me is by realizing that, yeah, passions are great, but make sure that you have a sense of peace of where it's coming from. Ah, yeah. oh, it's so good. That's we awesome. we can just continue on and on and on. We're, we're going to a little bit. We'll go longer in this podcast than we're like the 34-minute mark. Cause I, I want people to hear from you. That's one of right. my goals at all. It's like I want not not a media clip, not a quick on the news or on Sports Center clip, but people to really hear your heart for the Lord. Yeah. And and talk about a little bit now. How how are you growing in your faith? And I know what do you do to grow in your faith? What are your daily habits? Um, last week you were sharing with me about a camp that you went to mm-hmm. that just tries to absolutely break you, <laughs> and it's all to lead you to the point where Jesus was as he carried his cross. So just talk about just your journey and growing in your faith. Yeah, so right now I think with quarantine, it's such a cool opportunity to where all of our structures and habits were kind of just kind of pulled the plug on. So who knew 24 hours was such a long time in the day? (laughs) So I've actually been a really cool opportunity to kind of make new habits um, and find new ways to, you know, find community and grow in my own faith and my own relationship. So, um, you know, I'm a morning guy, so I love my quiet time in the morning. Um, And so right now what I'm doing, I told you, I'm actually going through the Action Bible. And so starting on January 1st, I've gone through, um, you know, I'm all the way into Acts. Kind of as you guys get into Acts, I'm going into Acts, which is super fun. Um, 
from Genesis to Acts. So I take time in the morning and go through that. I have my Bible, the Action Bible, then I like to take notes. I'm a notes person. Um, so that's what I do in my quiet times right now. Um, I love, I'm a people person, so I love to be in community. Any Bible study that my friends are in, I want to be in, whether it's from Wisconsin, North Dakota, any other school, I'll hop in that. Um, but so for me, you know, kind of talking about that camp, it's and talking about open doors and being obedient to walk through them, is any opportunity you have to follow Christ or to grow in to grow in your faith, I jump at it because I have no idea what I'd be missing out on if I didn't. Mm. So I think about this uh, ultimate training camp is yes. the camp that I went to, mm. um, and it was at St. Thomas. And so the gist of the camp is it all. There's five principles that you go on about audience of one, and it all leads up to this special, which is the 20 hours of physical activity. So it's swimming, basketball, tug of rope, relay races, push up contests, all of the above. And it all leads up to Golgotha, which is you take a like a plank of wood and you run. It's like a pretty long distance carrying your cross. And so what mm. it's supposed to be is like the 12 hours for Jesus before crucifixion. So it's supposed to break you down. And so the reason I wanted to go to the camp is so we know that God can do abundantly more and immeasurably more than we can imagine. So if we don't walk through that door, if we aren't obedient to the calling of God to, to jump into an opportunity to grow in our faith, who knows what we're missing out on? But if I wouldn't have gone to the camp, I knew that I was just missing out on, you know, a couple of workouts and some golf, 18 holes with my buddies. <laughs> like, that's what I was missing mm-hmm. out on because mm-hmm. in the world, you can, you know, you have a pretty good idea of what's going to happen. But when you say no to God or you don't walk through a door, man, you are missing out on immeasurably more than you right. can imagine. Yeah. Um, and so that's, that's something that I try to keep in the forefront of my mind. Whether I say yes or no to something or walk through a door, it's like, Let's just do it. Let's take right. the leap of faith because who knows how far you'll how far you'll jump. Yeah, and, and just going all in for Christ, right? So you go to ultimate training camp mm-hmm. and you go as just another athlete yeah. and you end up being a captain of a team. Mm-hmm. And now you're one of the interns at the camp. Like just talk, like when you do something, you go all in. And I think there are so many athletes, I think there are so many gifted people that that don't jump all in. To what God is asking them to do. Let's talk about that. Like, wh- where does that come from? Where does that spirit come from? Like, you're an all-in, right? We talked about your passion, but you are two foot in. You're not one foot in, one foot out. I don't know. Right? You're all in. And you're and, and when you came to know the Lord, you were all in for Jesus. So talk about what it looks like to be all in just in yeah, your daily life. I think the great example of that is advice my father gave me when I was in high school. So I'm a big believer in playing multi-sports. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't specialize. I didn't only play basketball. I tried to play as many sports as I could. Um, But in high school, I only played basketball and football because of our, you know, our intense AAU basketball schedule. But my dad told me and said, all right, if you're going to play football and basketball during football season, you're having two feet in that boat because it's not fair to your teammates or your coaching staff or your school is if you only have one foot in, you're trying to balance football and basketball. Because first of all, you're going to wear down your body. It won't be good for you. And second of all, you're not going to be giving it at all for the people that care about you and that you care about. And mm-hmm. so when I think about that, it's still some of the greatest advice that I've ever gone into. Because just like we step into opportunities for God and we step into opportunities for people, man, like that is such an opportunity for us to be a light, yes, but also to just to, to leave it all out there. Because yeah. so what I did in high school is I was allowed to shoot in the mornings on Monday <laughs> and Thursday and Sunday night with my dad. Those were the three days that I got to play basketball. Otherwise, I was fully locked in for football because that's how I was raised, is no matter what you're doing, your whole heart is into it. 
So I even go home right now and we have online school. And I'm like, man, I got a busy week of school. And dad's like, great. Good for you. I love hearing that. You better lock in and go all in it. And I'm like, yeah. man, yeah, you're right. But those disciplines and those habits from a young age that my dad instilled into me, you know, he he's one of the greatest reflections of Christ that I know from his servant heart and his gentleness and patience and the fruits of the spirit that he has. Um, so kind of just witnessing him yeah. and just how he's all in with everything he does. And just, and my mom too, and my sisters, again, just being surrounded by that. I was taught it at a young age that no matter where you are, you know, you deserve it to the people you're with and ultimately to the God who's open to the opportunity, be present in the moment. You can only maximize the moment if you're so present good. in it. That's true. If you're not present, yeah. you just miss out on the moment. And, mm. and just to talk about your mom and dad, just talk about a little bit of the impact that you and your sisters have had on your whole household from a faith perspective. Yeah. And, and how neat of a journey that has been, because I think there are sometimes as as sons or daughters, like we don't we don't understand the impact that we're having on the magnitude of our whole family. Just talk about that. Like your mom jumping into your quiet times a couple times yeah. and, and just some of the cool stuff that God is doing yeah. within your within your family. Yeah, it's been super encouraging. So my sisters, um, you know, they are obviously very open about their faith, which then kind of trickled down to me and I was very open about my faith. And it's led to such great conversation. Um, in the household. We're actually, we actually, over the past week on Good Friday, we watched The Passion of Christ together, and then we watched mm. the Gospel according to John and the Gospel according to Luke. My mom's watching the Gospel according to Matthew now, and so she's just diving into it. And it's, man, I, it makes my heart so happy to see that, see how engaged yeah, she is. Yeah. It opens up a lot of questions and great conversation. Um, that's one of the blessings of being able to be home right now. Praise um, God. That, you know, I get to, we get to watch church together on Sundays, which then leads to great conversation. Um, there's just so many cool things that, you know, we can either fix our focus on the burden of a situation or we can fix our focus to search and seek for a blessing in it. Um, and that's something that it's been such a cool transformation just in the type of conversations and the mm -hmm. amount of, you know, faith-based conversations we've had with our parents, but also like high school friends and high school teachers and high school coaches mm -hmm. and things like that, which you never know the impact you're going to have and you never know who's watching. Um, so that's another reason to be all in. Yeah, I'm scrolling through right now trying to find the text that um, you sent me on Easter. There we go. I found it. So talk. I got two more questions for you, okay. and we'll wrap this thing up. But talk about just how you keep your eyes off of yourself, mm -hmm. right, and on to others. And and so I wasn't thinking about Brad on Easter. I'm not going to lie. Like I love you. <laughs> when I see you on ESPN or something's <laughs> happened, that I try to reach out to you right away, and and I pray for you all the time as your season's going on. But I wasn't thinking about you on Easter. And, I randomly get this text from Brad. This is happy Easter, brother. Hope you enjoy the day with your family. Blessings to you. Love you. And it was a simple text that opened up me and you having a conversation. You yeah. sitting here today. But like, how does the Lord stir that? I, I think sometimes we have this consumer mentality in, in our Christian faith where hmm. we come, we consume, we leave. Our life really doesn't look different and we don't start looking outward. How is how is the Lord transformed your life from looking inward to looking outward That's to good. people? Yeah. yeah, I love the example of John the Baptist um, in John John two thirty. It's talking about he must become greater, I must become less. Mm. It's when all kind of his followers come to him and say, "Jesus is baptizing people. What's going on? What's going on?" And you'd think John would be like, "Uh oh," but no, he's like, "Gosh, this is awesome! Like yeah. less of me, more of him. This is great." Yeah. And so that's my kind of verse that I meditate on all the time. And you know, there's so many situations in this world that it's so easy to think about ourselves. And when we think about ourselves, I think that's where a lot of our stressors and our anxieties and our fear comes from because we get so self-consumed instead of letting God consume us. Um, so, man, one way that I think he stirs that is it actually 
again, it goes back to my parents. Um, that Just to tell a little short story. So my freshman year, I had a shoulder surgery that kind of bugged me throughout the whole year. It ended up dislocating nine times in different games. And, and he I, would it would dislocate <laughs> in the game, okay? For the guys that don't watch Wisconsin basketball, it would dislocate. And, and I make my son, JJ, watch every one of Brad's games. So anytime Brad's <laughs> on TV, he's watching Wisconsin play. But his your shoulder would dislocate. you pop it back in and go back in the game. Yeah. It was crazy. It was awesome. Great memories. Oh, oh, <laughs> Continue on with Great your story. memories. But so, and I got, you know, there was about the ninth game of the year, there was a, I had to make a decision on if I was going to medically redshirt or kind of play with the pain and play with the adversity that would come with that shoulder. Because there was a lot of behind the scenes things I had to do. You know, I was always in a sling mm. outside of games. I was ice on it. Two hours of treatment before practice hour after, like all these other things that go in with it. And so I was had to make a decision. And my dad and my mom, gave me the advice. They say, all right, just so you know, before you make this decision, you chose to play basketball. You chose to be a part of a team. So what that means is now you don't, you don't have the right to just make a decision that's best for yourself. Before you make this decision, remove all selfish desires from the decision and think about your team first. So instead of thinking about uh, my pain, I won't perform the way I want, all this time I'm going to lose, think about what's going to happen to your team if you don't play. So we already had two guys that were had to medically redshirt because they had more serious injuries yep. that they needed surgery on. And so when you remove your selfish desires, people I always hear people who want clarity, who want clarity, like God speak to me. For me, I think he stirs in me is like selfish desires, they become obstacles in my relationship with God so many times. And so yes. when I can remove these selfish desires, I get a lot of clarity. Yeah. <laughs> I get so much clarity on what, what should happen, what I should do, what I should say, what door I should go through. Um, and so this is a perfect situation where I move all these selfish desires. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm still playing. Are you kidding me? There's no chance I would medically redshirt. So I jumped into it. But I think about our lives. And when we become, you know, when we accept Jesus into our lives, we become part of the kingdom. We become part of the team. So in a lot of cases, we kind of lose this right to only follow our selfish desire. Yeah. yeah. But it's not like we lose all right to chase excellence. It's no, we're removing these selfish desires because God calls us to something much greater. You know, mm. again, we'll go back to that Absolutely. Romans verse, like something, all those who love him are called according to his purpose. As it's good. Yeah. It's yeah. good. So remove your selfish yeah. desires and it's good. So it's this idea of, you know, thinking less of yourself more of God for the benefit of yourself and the kingdom. Um, it's something that I think about a lot. I love it. And, and just the impact it makes, right? Like, and I think of young people that are listening to this, the impact like your text has on me. I like just reaching out to someone and, and just saying, hey, I'm thinking about you. And just the simple acts that I have been able to see in your life, Brad, that has had an impact on me. And then has an impact on my children. Cause I'm like this like, after. So, so JJ has gotten to be around Brad a little bit and, Every day, Brad walks in the, into the church, or I get to see him, or, or we're together in any, any type of way. He remembers JJ's name. He asks JJ how he's doing. The impact that that has on other people right. is, is so huge. Yeah. And, and from, from my perspective, I want to say thank you for that. And I hope mm -hmm. as young people are listening yeah. that they get to see your heart in that. Yeah. And it's, it's driven from a love and a passion for Jesus. Right, and a, desire, and, a, and a desire and passion that the Lord puts on your heart, too. That attention to detail is is so so important really yeah. so cool okay last question then we're going to wrap this thing up i was listening to a pastor named michael todd and and he was going through habakkuk 2 2 and it says write the vision make it plain on tablets so he may run who reads it for still the vision awaits its appointed time 
and he has continued on. He's talking about the impact that vision has on his church, on his ministry, and on what ultimately he does for the Lord. And he had this incredible kind of quote. He says, sight is what you can see with your eyes open. Vision is what you see with your eyes closed. So as I wrap up today, Brad, with you, when you close your eyes, what is the vision that the Lord is giving you as you continue to move forward? It's a good question. It's a good question. Man, that's a really good question. You know, ever since... Ever since I was very young, we've had this conversation, is I've always wanted to become a college basketball coach. Whenever whenever my playing days were over, I never really wanted to play after college. I just wanted, my goal is like Final Four, and then I want to become a coach. Um, and that desire is still so strong in my heart, mm. but it's changed. The, the purpose behind it and the reason it has changed so much. You know, when I was younger, it was, you know, it's because I love basketball, because I love people, because I love the bright lights. Like, this is going to be so cool. But now it's like I've gone through gone through the fire, as you say, in college basketball. Um, and I'll have such a unique opportunity to relate and to impact kids my age, who I believe are a very vulnerable spot about the yeah. trajectory of our life and what we choose to do, what we choose to follow, and what we choose to put our faith in. Um, and I think it's such a cool opportunity um, you know, to be able to impact kids like that and ultimately, you know, lead them in basketball, lead them in life, but ultimately, like a true leader does, like I said earlier, lead them to Jesus and whether that's little details like text messages or getting the opportunity to read with them or speak to them, whatever that looks like, you know, that's always been my vision. Um, but also at that same time, like my heart and my hands are open. Yeah. Um, you know, I just, no matter what I do, I just want to make a positive impact on the people I'm around. Um, and I want that to be wide-reaching. I want it to be far-reaching. I don't want to limit that in any way by allowing my own selfish desires to get in the way. Mm. I love it. I love it. Well, we appreciate yeah. you coming on with us, joining us. I, I pray that as, as cool. people come become familiar with you or get to know you in a new light, that they will watch you and just see a servant of Christ. Yeah. And and the impact that you had on me and on my family, we, we can't thank you enough. Continue to do what you do. Live, live full of zeal and passion and a fervent spirit to serve the Lord. We love yeah. you, Brad. Yeah, thanks love for being on the show. Appreciate you having me. Yeah. Yep. Bless you, brother.